0: Protecting your assets for the next generation, you're listening to The Strong Room, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room, I'm Peter Watts. Seniors fraud is a real problem in this country today and we'll talk about that on the program. How you can protect yourself and what to watch for if the phone rings or you get an email with an offer that seems too good to be true. Stopping fraud starts with you. Financial commentator Kelly Keene has some do's and don'ts about personal data. And later, Macmillan Estate Planning Chief Executive, Sherry Macmillan, speaks to how a good estate or life plan begins with a conversation about what a client wants out of life and how best to achieve those goals. We begin with Allison Trollope, Director of Communications and Investor Education for the Alberta Securities Commission. Allison is here to speak about some of the findings from the Commission's latest Investor Index survey.
1: We decided to have some seniors-focused questions. And um, we really wanted to determine, you know, um, uh, seniors' um, exposure to financial fraud. And what we found is that they are actually approached with a potentially fraudulent investment um, far more often than um, the regular population.
0: By whom? By what means? Uh, They report
1: being approached by a potentially fraudulent investment um, by... Um, And uh, while it wasn't uh, tested for in our study, we do know anecdotally from our enforcement team that seniors tend to be um, approached in one of three ways. They tend to either um, receive cold calls uh, from strangers, Um, they may be invited to investment seminars where Um, They are pressured in person to get into a potentially fraudulent investment. Or, um, unfortunately, they're actually targeted quite often um, in affinity fraud, which means that it's someone you know.
0: Uh, That one is the tough one, isn't it? Because that's family and friends that at least you start with that group to investigate.
1: It's extraordinarily um, difficult for people to see that, you know, or to think that they're friend or family member is targeting them. Um, I have a family friend who um, the father was targeted by a man who he had known for more than a decade. They used to share Christmas dinner with him. um, And this individual um, took our family friend for all of his retirement funds. And now at 74 years old, he takes the bus every day to work to support himself.
0: Uh, what are the red flags of investment fraud?
1: One of the most important ones is high rates of return with low or no risk. So, And that, that can be a bit tricky to determine what a high rate of return is in a low interest rate environment like we are now. But if someone's guaranteeing you 8%, you really have to wonder if the bank's going to guarantee you 2% return, how someone can offer you 8 So it just takes a bit of critical thinking to look at that. We also see some scams that promise you 300%, and that's obviously a clear red flag. Um, Another important red flag is pressure to get in now. And a third one to keep in mind is... um, that if someone isn't registered and you can do a quick and easy and free registration search on our website or by calling our public information office, um, that's a red flag if they're not registered.
0: Let's talk about your website as a research tool. What, how do people get on it, first of all? And, and then what kinds of questions can the website address if people are curious or suspicious of a contact uh, that they have made?
1: Certainly. So our website is checkfirst.ca. It was recently uh, relaunched with some new tools and resources. Um, Among those tools and resources are items like um, a full list of the red flags of fraud. So you can go through and compare um, the investment opportunity that you have been offered that you might be suspicious of against the red flags of fraud. Um, We have a phone number that you can call us um, and report a suspicious investment and that's really critical because um, the sooner that we know about um, something that's going on a fraudulent investment in the province the sooner that we can put a stop to it
0: What else did your survey find?
1: Um, There there was a number of of other findings that we had in the survey Um, one is that um, a person's reported financial security increased with their financial literacy and so um, basically what that means is that we, we tested for some um, uh, commonly used questions when it comes to financial literacy, determine the level of financial literacy of those people, and then ask them about whether or not they feel like they're financially se- secure for their retirement. And so one of, you know, what that means to me is that um, becoming financial, financially literate is important to ensuring that you're financially secure in the long run. The more you know, um, the more you can protect yourself.
0: Uh, I, I note uh, one statistic here that, that uh, only 7% of Albertans living in rural areas feel financially, totally financially secure compared to about 20% in tw- and 22% respectively in Edmonton and in Calgary. Um, I'm not sure what that statistic says, except maybe there needs to be more of a, a financial literacy focus on uh, some of the rural regions of the province.
1: Exactly. And and that, is, that was an interesting statistic. Um, Uh, outcome for us as well Um, we do ensure that when we're planning um, financial literacy programs in alberta that we're ensuring that we reach albert uh, rural albertans as well and that's one of the reasons that we launched the website Um, we also have um, tv and radio advertisements that we do that that run across the province because we want to make sure that we're reaching all albertans
0: tell me about how safe is your nest egg
1: how Safe is Your Nest Egg is a quiz that we have developed um, that is online. And um, anyone, can t- anyone can take the quiz, but if you're 55 and over, um, you're eligible to win um, a Visa gift card. Um, and basically, it, it, it's a fun and interactive um, test um, to see if you're protecting your financial future. So um, anyone in, in Alberta can take the quiz before Friday, June 29th. Um, and determine in a fun and easy way, you know, if, if you're protecting your finances in, in the right way.
0: So, again, checkfirst.ca is a really important website for the 55-plus crowd to use in terms of uh, uh, identifying potential uh, uh, approaches that may lead to investor fraud. Um, it's all about protecting yourself, and checkfirst.ca is a good place to start learning. That's it. Allison. thank you. Thank you. That's Allison Trollop from the Alberta Securities Commission. Financial commentator Kelly Keane now on being careful about what you do with personal documents and information. I
2: see so many seniors throwing out their bills that have their full name, their account number on them. They might not think anything of it. They, just maybe their phone bill or something of that sort. If it has your full name on it and your address, it potentially could be used by a fraudster against you. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'm not really that important, I'm not famous, I'm not someone that anyone should care about, no one's gonna be going through my garbage or or whatever. Yes, there are people that are actually physically in the middle of the night, in the early morning, dumpster diving, trying to get people's information, seniors and otherwise, and they're patient, and there's really complex algorithms out there that are compiling all of our information, information that we freely give out, that we freely toss, or that has been compromised by companies. So we can't control everything, but we can control what we throw out, what we keep. So if it has your name, an account number, anything like that, get yourself a really good shredder and make sure you shred all of those documents or put them in a pile and give them to your adult child that has a shredder or a fireplace or something of like that. Sort. Do not throw anything out. Now, what you also want to look for are all of your account applications and things like that. So, if you have an RSP or a RIF, something that maybe you just changed your RSP to a RIF, and you leave that account application on your table, not thinking anything of it, and you've got some repair people coming in and out of the house. That's a really sensitive document, Peter, because it's got your full name, your date of birth, your social insurance number on that. So you want to make sure all of that is under lock and key, maybe in a little cabinet in your home. You want to lock up your passport if you're not traveling. Never, ever, ever carry your social insurance card. So what I want all your listeners to do is get their wallet out, get their purse out, and have a little look of what you're carrying around. You should be carrying a credit card, a debit card, your health card, your driver's license, and that's it. Do not carry your social insurance card. You don't need that. Don't carry your birth certificate. You don't need that either. So you want to make sure you have all those things locked up. And then when you're doing this in-home audit, you want to think about um, a time when you're not going to be around or a time when maybe there's a mental incapacity or a hospitalization and this goes for for someone of any age all of us could have a time in our life where we can't make decisions for ourselves and God forbid um, if that happens you don't want somebody rooting around your place trying to figure out where documents are, where your living will is where your power of attorney is um, it's really it's a hard enough time if someone's passed away or or they're, they're in the hospital to figure out what they want, let alone try to find these documents. So sit down with your financial professional, sit down with your estate planner, your certified financial planner, and get, you know, this might take a little bit of time, you don't have to rush. But go through your house, look at where all your documents are, create a binder and that lists, okay, here's the professionals that you deal with. Here's my planner, here's my estate person, here's my life insurance person, here's my lawyer, here's their phone number, here's the account numbers of what I have with them. And then also figure out what should be in the safety deposit box, what shouldn't be there. So your will can be in your safety deposit box, But you don't want your power of attorney there. Because if your power of attorney is in a safety deposit box and something happens to you, you're in the hospital, how is your power of attorney going to get to the bank to say, let me into that person's safety deposit box? They're not going to let them in. So it just creates a big headache. So even if you've got all the right documents, if you don't have them in the right place, it really creates a really big headache. And lastly, Peter, this is a really important one. My stepdad, before he passed away, he had a number of strokes, and my mom was looking after him, and we traveled a fair bit, so people would come and look after him at the house. And it was really important to him that he had—he was not resuscitated. He, for whatever reason, didn't want to be resuscitated. But, but the number one... Um, thing that the ambulance people will do when they're called is they do resuscitate so if let's say for example that's important to someone in your life you want to make sure that that is posted on the fridge it's in the car that your wishes are in a place that in the event of an emergency someone will actually know what your wishes were and where those documents were
0: financial commentator kelly keen Sherry McMillan joins the conversation in a moment on The Strongroom on 770 CHQR.